Muddy News Media. This news just in, listeners. The Athletic is extending its £1 a month offer for all new subscribers, meaning you can get unrivaled analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, plus a brand new breaking news service and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts for just a quid. This deal won't last forever, though, so don't miss out. Sign up today at theathletic.com slash scottishshow. Welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Coming up, good as Goldson, Mayhem at Hamilton and 10 goal thrillers in the Lowland League. I'm Andrew Slavin and I'm joined by my partners in crime, football crime. It's Laura Brannan from Motherwell Football Club and JJ Bill from The Telegraph. Hello. hello. Yeah, see last week I didn't give either of you time to say hello. This time I give you both plenty of time. Um, but I'm going to go to Laura first straight away, who was meant to be having a party in Paisley, um, but didn't. Why? What is football these days? Who, what is it to actually have your team playing on a Saturday afternoon? I, I forget what it feels like. It's been so long as a Motherwell employee to have been covering a game on a Saturday afternoon. So the game got called uh. off. St Mirren um, called the game off less than three hours before kickoff. They informed the SPFL they could not fulfil the fixture. And if their game goes ahead against Ross County on Saturday, it will be Motherwell's first game in a month. <laughs> Another victim of COVID, uh, basically. St Mirren had their test done on Tuesday, got three positives when the results came back on the Wednesday. So they retested again on the Thursday and they had one additional positive to add to that. So four in total. But as a result, they then said that many others had to self-isolate. It meant that, as a result, St Mirren only had 12 fit players, 12 fit and tested players, uh, which were eight outfield and four keepers. So, yeah, we didn't get wind of this really until Saturday morning, that this was a game that was in doubt. Um, we were talking uh, mid-morning there was a problem, and then the decision wasn't made until the players were pretty much sitting eating their pre-match meal. A bus was outside waiting to head to Paisley. And that was it, another Saturday with no game. And it's just been unlucky for Motherwell because... The last time we had a game scheduled, it was a Kilmarnock game, which the same thing happened there, um, where it got called off because of COVID issues with the opposition squad. Uh, it's annoying, you know. I, I mean, it's it could have a detrimental effect on the, the match fitness of players. They haven't played now in what will be a month if Saturday goes ahead, fingers crossed. Um, so, I mean, that's a full month out with the international boys. Um, these players will be getting rusty. It's just not the same training day in, day out. It's not as enjoyable for them and it's just not as good for their sharpness. But these things happen, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not going to be good for preparation. But hey, do you know where they did have some football in the championship in all games? And it went viral, but in a good way. Um, first... Hearts battered Dundee 6-2 on Friday night. Did you see that? Yes. Some <laughs> lovely goals. That free kick was next level. One oh, the top yeah. corner. I mean, Charlie yeah. Adams' strike as well. I mean, it looked like he was trying to beat Hearts on his own sometimes. <laughs> it's also, um, I mean, it's also, everyone says very early to call the league, but Hearts look so much better than everyone else. They should be maybe top four or five in the Premiership. So they should they are a premiership that team. league. Maybe. And, uh, Laura, you all you know how uh, social media works, being part of the Motherwell media team. Hearts had some fun after the game, didn't they? 
Oh, it was cheeky, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so basically picked up on this, how it started, how it's going trend that's going on just now. Yeah. And at full time posted two photos. The first was a, a screenshot of a breaking news tweet when Dundee U-turned on their vote in, what was it, April, May time, which mm. essentially relegated Hearts. And the second was the current league table with Hearts top and Dundee bottom. <laughs> it's quite ballsy, um, considering it's one game into the season. <laughs> um, the Dundee media team could have a lot of fun with that if fortunes do change over the next weeks and months. <laughs> but as a neutral, I laughed at it. <laughs> as, as, a, as a media club employee, it's maybe not something I would want to be <laughs> responsible for, but as a neutral, it was good. Well, speaking of ballsy, um, Air United beat my beloved Queen of the South on Saturday. Um, despite... You know, the man, the myth, the legend, Stephen Doby scoring from the penalty spot. Um, he managed to slot home despite a spectator or someone uh, part of the opposition um, staff, or we don't know, trying to get his attention. I really like that basketball style psychotes have entered. Oh man, I love that movie. Yeah. I really <laughs> hoped that was somebody on the subs bench from the opposition. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I can confirm from experience that I do not know if Bobby. Bobby? <laughs> if Dobby has a wee Bobby. Uh, but later on, we're going to be studying St Johnston and having a wee look see at the Lowland League. But let's start with the first ever fanless Glasgow Derby. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Arfield, Morelos. Drilled by Arfield. Pollard Goldson looking to score again. And he has scored again. And Rangers are in such a good place now. 2 0 up at Celtic Park. Yes, Rangers remain unbeaten and went four points clear of Celtic thanks to Connor Goldson's first league goals in a year. Celtic failed to have a shot on target in a league game for the first time since 2009 and I think it's fair to say JJ Rangers were utterly dominant and Celtic were completely second best. Uh, Yes absolutely from start to finish Rangers were the better team. I'm trying to work out whether I I wrote a piece on this today for the Telegraph and I'm trying to work out whether it's the fault of the players or the system and it's a little bit of both which is the kind of on the fence answer you'd you'd expect but it, it, the way that Gerard set up Rangers made them tactically outdo Celtic so everything they tried to do they, they were beaten so Celtic lined up in a 3-5-2 which is what Lennon likes to do and Rangers played their narrow 4-3-3 which is what they always set up under under Gerard. but it's clever because everything that Celtic were doing was being funnelled out wide because Rangers were flooding the centre of the pitch so everything had to go wide and then they just isolated that wing back and either had Laxalt who uh, Lennon said did well positionally, but it looked to me like he was out of position quite a lot in that game. And uh, on the right, he had Frimpong. And all they had to do was kind of isolate them. And then one of the, the central midfielders for Rangers would shuttle across to close them down. They had no space, couldn't cross in. And it just meant that there was no real... The were very predictable and they could be easily shut down. They had more of possession, but that was because most of their passes were just sideways. If you look at any passing maps, uh, the very nerdy side of the game... Uh, you'll see that all Celtic did was pass sideways, 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 into Brown and back again. And then Rangers took their chances, like two set pieces, won the first phase, won the second phase, and you could say it's bad marking from Celtic, and were it not for that, it could have been a different scoreline altogether. But I think Rangers controlled that game start to finish. There's, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. I mean, you could you could have a number of excuses for Celtic 
more most importantly the number of absentees they had no odds in edward christopher julian was out um and so was ryan christie amongst a few others james forrest being another main one well those things there i mean that changes the you can see that that, that would make the same system might have been perfect with those players in this is a weird thing with it is that that 352 might have worked because forrest was good enough to beat his man 1v1 on the wing he might have been able to alter it slightly you'd have Edward making different runs to what Clamalla was making then they're just better footballers they got better touch better movement Rangers more worried so it could have made that change as well so it's not Landon's got a lot of stick for his tactical setup but sometimes it's just there's nothing wrong with his system but the players within it at that time didn't work I agree and I, I, I tend to take your point on, on Rangers tactics it did very much feel like as much as Celtic had the ball Rangers were allowing that to happen the day didn't start well for Celtic and the, the, the fact that the starting 11 was leaked um, and Lennon was saying that someone from the club has obviously leaked that starting 11. But, you know, should that is that really a bad thing? Laura, do you, do you know much about this? No, I, I mean, I think Lennon has said it's not the first time the team had been leaked either. Um, I think it was leaked overnight. Did it come out in the morning? Um, does it really change much? I mean, considering so many players were missing, was it not quite obvious to try and kind of second guess who would have started um, I don't know if it changes much is it him just clinging, clinging to some sort of excuse there, I don't know the whole mole at a football club fascinates me though, I really want to um, to know more about this because Lennon does say afterwards that he will be getting to the bottom of this and I kind of want to know how like, what kind of games is he going to be playing to try and catch this person out is he going to put out like a different team to like certain people exactly. in the club and another team to the I other people? That, no, no, to each person. So you give a different, a different uh, team sheet and see which one leaks and that's how you identify who the mole is. <laughs> it's like in 24 and then you've got to find out who it's, it is. It's exactly like that. I think that's why I enjoy this uh, storyline so much because I kind of want to see it as a, as a TV show or a movie. <laughs> are, we, are we starting to see the, the tides turn between Celtic and Rangers? And I'm not just talking about the league title here because what in the last three games Rangers have been by far the better team in all of those games and I'm going as far back to even the League Cup final where Rangers were utterly dominant and Celtic won with that goal that was offside um, and they, they rode their luck big time but does does Gerrard have the beating of Lennon tactically? I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing a difference here like I'm I think the, the one strong thing that Celtic have gone in their favour now and for years past is they have such a strong winning mentality. They're ruthless. But Rangers, just now especially, are a better footballing team. They're playing as a team. And it just feels like when that mentality isn't switched on for Celtic, they're there for the taking. And that is what happened on Saturday. And I just feel like that kind of weight is shifting now that if they've not got the winning mentality and Rangers are picking up on that side, then the tables are turning. And, do you know, see, going into the last kind of 20 minutes of this game, it felt like I was just watching Rangers against a premiership team. It wasn't the biggest derby in the world. It wasn't the champions of Scotland they were playing. It just felt like you could have told me that was anyone from Kilmarnock to Livingston to Hamilton, anyone that they just didn't really seem to get out of first gear. They were cruising it and that should not be happening against Celtic. So I, I do see the, the kind of tables turning. The weight is definitely shifting towards Rangers, I think. I think one of the things I noticed about this game is that the the tactical deficiencies to me were quite obvious and I suspect had it been the opposite around, I think Gerard would have changed something to address it. Whether Michael Beale might have noticed, I think he's quite involved in the, the tactical side of it. 
with their Rangers. Um, whether that be a change they made to something like even just a three-four-three would have meant that they didn't have rather than having two strikers and two wing backs, and that's where the supply all comes from, and everyone's isolated. Three-four-three would mean you suddenly got two v ones or two v twos in the side rather than a one v two. So it would just changed the way that you can get uh, overloads in different parts of the pitch, especially in the final thirds where they were really struggling. But I think um, in terms of the like, Celtic have won everything <laughs> forever. And it's really easy to get away with thinking that, um, oh, well, Lennon's got it all done and he doesn't know what he's doing. There's more to being a good manager than just knowing what systems when and what tactical change to make. It's all about putting the right players in and uh, and assembling a team and making it work. And they were without four of their best players, like the most important players in that team. Rangers had their full team, as far as I'm aware, like right there, ready to go. And that makes a huge difference when they're so closely matched. I don't... I, it, it's interesting, it's a psychological advantage that Rangers have now, but I don't think Celtic are, uh, I don't know, I mean, you see the fans go on the internet are just going like, it's, oh, it's so hard being a Celtic fan. It's like, oh, yeah, man, that was nine trophies you just won. Like. So, yeah, I, don't, I think a lot of it's getting carried away, but there's a, it's an interesting shift, and you can see that now the pressure is a little bit more on Celtic, and you have to see how they resort to it. But mind, last time Rangers won this game, and then they kind of let it go, because they all went and partied in Dubai. Well, maybe not partied. Allegedly had some fun in Dubai, <laughs> and then it all went wrong. So we don't know how it'll go afterwards. They've got to keep it up, you know? JJ, you said you mentioned that game. They, they dropped eight points after they beat Celtic at the end of 2019, so... We, we, it's only the first game of the season between the two, and it won't it won't judge the end of the season. Still, they have a game in hand as well. They wouldn't. I think they're just a point short of them. Is that Correct, right? Correct. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Can you see Lennon getting binned, Laura? I can't. I I can't either. I, I know that the Celtic fans were up in arms at full time calling for him, but it's a bit drastic, is it not? I mean, he was brought in to be the, the ten in a row hero um, as he started the run, and it's the poetic way of finishing the run. And I mean, Celtic. In, I don't know the best way to, to say this other than they want a Celtic man in charge and Lennon is a Celtic man and it is kind of the perfect way for them to complete this decade of trophies um, I don't think they would drop it who are they going to get in at this stage of the season to they're, they're getting so hung up on this going for the title this year Martin O'Neill's free <laughs> <laughs> that oh god that that's the most Celtic thing ever if they got in Martin O'Neill to, to finish the 10 I just feel like everyone is getting so hung up on, on winning the 10 that they're scared to put a foot wrong just now and everything that is going wrong is getting over analysed so much more than it would have if it was just a normal season well Chris Sutton's came out and said Celtic's next six games will determine Lennon's future effectively that's what he said, uh, but I I tend to agree. I do not know um, why on earth Celtic would try and change managers midway through a season, especially off the back of losing um, the first Old Firm game of the season. Um, but credit where credit's due, you know we all know that Steven Gerrard is the only Rangers manager to start a third campaign um, who hadn't won a trophy before now, and he's starting to get results even more so and more consistently. So I think maybe the tables are turning. But up next, probably the most exciting game near Glasgow this weekend. We know everyone thinks this season is going to be different, but at Paddy Power, we're staying positive because isn't the new normal just the same old football? Avoid unnecessary journeys? That's Fulham's trip to Anfield off. 
Self-isolate? Some strikers do that very effectively already. You see? New normal, same old football. And that's why if one leg of your 4-plus-fold Acker lets you down, you get your money back as a free bet on all football matches and all markets. The Acker Cracker from Paddy Power. Max free bet £10. Min odds 1-5 to five on each leg. Online exclusive. Exclude shop best. T's and C's apply. 18plusbgambleaware.org. The Totally Football Shows and The Athletic are delighted to be supporting Football Aid for the months of October and November. Bid now at footballaid.com to get your hands on some incredible football memorabilia, including signed shirts from Steven Gerrard, Gianluca Vialli, Gareth Bale and even Peter Crouch's boots. Find out more, get bidding and support the cause at footballaid.com. Oh, twisting and turning, David Wallerspoon towards me, it's in! Mays there! A hat-trick in midweek, two this afternoon. Well, I think we all knew this fixture would produce at least eight goals and we'd be nowhere near the end of the running order. It finished Hamilton 3, St Johnston 5. Ed Hodge, author of Our Day in May, joins us now. So, Ed, St Johnston scored more goals in this match than they'd managed in the previous 10 league games this season. What happened? Yeah, it was. I think it was just one of those those crazy days. But but to be honest, uh, a bit like the breaking game where we scored seven in the League Cup, uh, I think it's been coming the goals, you know. We've we've been playing some nice football and and getting really frustrated. Uh, well, certainly frustrating for the fans, the players, and, and obviously Callum as manager. But it, it all came together on Saturday in uh, in some fashion. Yeah, great a great win and, and takes us off the bottom. How do you see Callum Davidson's approach? Is it is it different? And can you see obviously from the weekend that there's uh, shoots of positivity around the place? Yeah, it's it's obviously a a big challenge for Cam given what's gone before with Tommy, but he was the overwhelming choice for for fans and it was great to get him in for, from a board point of view to get the deal done and get him back up from, from Millwall. So he's playing a system where it's more attack minded than Tommy. It's it's a you know, the, the three centre halves and the you know, the kind of white the wingers with it with a focal point at this at the tip of the, the pitch there. So it's it's very attack minded. Uh, I think it'll be great to watch when, when we're all back in stadiums and uh, and cheering teams on, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. But I think uh, it was going to take time. But from what I'm hearing, the players are enjoying really playing for Calm. They're enjoying playing their football. And, and it maybe just needed the ball to hit the net a few times to get the confidence going. So hopefully, uh, on the back of the breaking result and obviously at the weekend, and that's, that's them up and running with um, obviously May and, and Wotherspoon and Conway really working well as a, as a front three. Sort of ironic, we've, we've, we've um, you know, signed a lad from Israel to, to solve the striking problems and <laughs> we've just scored 14 goals in three games. <laughs> He's inspired them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he maybe, well, maybe the, the, the talk of that transfer uh, fired the strikers up, but it's just been, you know, really pleasing because it was becoming really frustrating at the weekends. But we kept losing games 1-0, but we're playing well. Uh, so Saturday was was great to see the ball hit the net, and you know from look, looking at some of the highlights, you know Stevie May around that eighteen yard box is, you know back to the predator instincts that we know he has. That's six goals for the season. Uh, he's still only twenty seven. I think people forget that. Uh, twenty seven goals in what the, the the dream season of twenty fourteen. So who's to say he can't get up to twenty goals again? Because. Wotherspoon and, and Conway are playing in some great balls and if he can get in the right areas as, as Saturday proved we're, we're going to score goals so uh, yeah I, the the, uh, 
our, our new striker might not get a game for a while, given what's, what's happened the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so, obviously, Wright did so much for the club and took them to where they are by keeping them kind of quite rigid and very defensive. Are you quite happy for Davidson to have time to... For, sometimes it won't work, obviously, if you're opening up, but it must be more entertaining for a fan. Yeah, you can't begrudge what Tommy did, but we had a... There was a solid base. There were some real experienced campaigners in there, and they all knew their job, and we scored goals when we when we needed to, and maybe when we got the goals, we, you know, we sat back, defended, and, and made sure we got the points. We were very good at that. Uh, there's a, there's probably a different type of player at the club now. You know, the the average age Tommy brought down uh, before he left. Calms inherited that. It's a particularly young defence, and even Calms encouraging the defence to push forward. So. I think it's more exciting. You know, the, the last few Saturdays, I have to say, I've been kind of tearing my hair out because, uh, you know, losing 1-0 to, to Hibs and Aberdeen and then the, the Celtic game, we, we certainly deserve something out of that game as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it is exciting going forward and, you know, the, the fixture list looking ahead, big game again this Saturday at home to Dundee United. Uh, staying up is always the goal for Saints but if you look at what we've achieved the last few years there's that expectation now to, to always try and kick on a bit further than just staying up so I think there's a real potential with the league this year the way it's already panning out that 5th uh, and 6th are really good opportunities um, and Saints are already well we're only 4 points behind 5th suddenly after a, a win at the weekend so if you can string a couple of wins together the whole complexion of the table is going to change well, thanks for that, Ed. Uh, we should also give a shout-out to St Johnston Fan Analysis on Twitter. Uh, he's been crunching the numbers on Stevie May, who had that great game. Uh, he's played over a 1,000 minutes this year, and his underlying numbers are actually better than the season when he scored 27 goals back in 2013-14. He's back, JJ. Uh no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. Uh, Stevie May, what Stevie May is really good at, what he's been doing constantly the entire season, and what he was doing at Aberdeen before, when you know, he doesn't score that many goals now, he works really hard with the ball, and he makes things happen for for other players. And I don't think that it's um, he's back all of a sudden. I think he just got a few good assists, like the 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 goal he scored. It was a, a Waterspoon on the left hand yeah. side, twisting and turning in. I mean, that's his goal basically, right? That he's created there. Um, I don't want to take away. I don't want to take things away from me, but I I need to see these. Um, where's these numbers on me? I need to find them. Really well, quickly. he has more goals per game, uh, fewer minutes per goal. Stats like I know you love them. Um, he's doing rather well. I mean, I think his second goal as well highlighted how dangerous he can be in the box. And they said it on Sports Scene. I think it was uh, Jonathan Sutherland basically saying he spoke to Callum Davidson and he's been trying to get Stevie May to be more central rather than be playing as a support striker. He needs to be a bit more ruthless. Well, that's um, it. If he's, if he's always running around trying to win the ball and create space yeah. for others, he's not there to get on the end of moves and that hurts his teammates who are creating because he's got two either side of him because it's a three they play up top. It means he's got... People kind of cl- they're not it's not just wingers hitting balls into the box like a four three three it's a three four three so well, it's close so then they're a lot more inside forwards than they are wingers if that makes sense. As for Hamilton, we had Brian Rice coming out and he's saying that that they went for it, which is you know Hamilton are always a positive team, but it does allow them or allow the opposition with plenty of space to hit them when it matters. Yeah, as you say, Andrew, I mean, that's the thing. The more positive Hamilton are going to be, naturally it's going to open it up at the other end. 22 shots on their own goal, though. Um, great for the neutral watching the game. 
on Saturday. Fantastic to have that kind of scoreline. And is that a great advert for Scottish football? Not if you're a Hamilton Ackies fan, you're going to complain about the amount of goals conceded. But it's been exciting though. And to be honest, if they're going to have to try and move off the bottom of the table, which they are going to have to do sometime soon, they're going to have to keep going for it. And naturally, as I'm saying, that is going to open up more at the back. Also, like Brian Rice says in his post-match interview, at least we had a go, which is the kind of thing that some people say, come on, you just have a go at these teams. But that's exactly what happens if you do go. But I do also quite like it. And they've got young players. Young players tend to be you know, a lot better going forward and attacking because they're younger and fitter. So uh, it might be a case that you might get some advantage from that. Maybe. He's also... He's also not trying to put too much pressure on these young players' shoulders. Yes, yeah, for sure. Because in the current circumstances that we're all having to live under, they're trying to do a job under very difficult circumstances themselves. So he's trying to manage it as best as he can, but that pressure is going to naturally come to them uh, the longer the season goes on and the longer they are the, in the position they are in. But let's face it, they're going to finish 10th. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and now the more I think about it, Stevie May, if the numbers tell us that's what's happening, maybe he is back. Maybe he never went away after all. <laughs> he, def- he definitely didn't go away. Let's move on to Livingston 1, Kilmarnock 3 on Saturday. Almost the entire Kilmarnock squad was in self-isolation this past fortnight after six positive COVID-19 cases at the club. And despite just a couple of days training together, Kelly came out on top at the Tony Macaroni. This was a game that Kilmarnock tried to get postponed delayed and Livingston refused and then Kilmarnock won <laughs> it's a bit cheeky wasn't it wanting to get it what was it they wanted to get it postponed to the following Tuesday yeah I, I think so I thought they wanted to maybe just put it back a day because they wanted a wee bit more time to work with our players but to push it back to the next following midweek I mean mm. it's a wee bit cheeky because these players the they returned to training the previous Wednesday so they would have had like about five days worth yeah. of preparation why should Livy have agreed to that because then they were forced to play midweek with only a game in a couple of days time when Kelly played the midweek League Cup game the previous weekend they played the League Cup game the previous weekend um, why could they not have just used those boys again yeah I just find it a strange one. It's very cheeky. I'm, I'm kind of kind of glad that Livy kind of said no. <laughs> well, it started well for Livingston. Scott Pittman scoring the first goal of the game. But th- this is now three league wins in a row for Kilmarnock and they host Hibs next Saturday. Alex Dyer seems to be doing okay. He also had to set this one up. So they're on, he said they wanted to reserve energy because um, they've had their own issues with the virus. So he had to have... Uh, he set them up to hit, to hit Livingston on the counter and... I think their weakness and why they're conceding so many goals is they're quite slow in transition to get into their defensive shape and they often leave the defence kind of... It's the only line. The midfield tends to be... When you look at any highlights when they concede a goal, often it's the case that the defence is the last line, which is obvious, but the, the midfield's not where they should be. So the way they're expanding to try and take the ball and they turn it over in a dangerous position and they're not quick enough to get back into their defensive shape. But you could, I know people don't want to be harsh on uh, Robbie McCrory. This is important to get this name correct. Uh, he's at fault for two of the goals, I think. So the, the first one, I, I think he should push the ball the way, further away from when he does. An easy mistake to make, I'm sure, for any level goalkeeper. But the third one is clearly his mistake, uh, not reading the flight of the ball and going in. But the goalkeeper's not in charge of the uh, the multiple attacks that they have to deal with. And I think the, the spacing between midfield and defence isn't quite right at Livingston at the moment. And that would be something that Holt will probably work on 
and probably does already in training because you can see at times that that's where they're a little bit vulnerable. Well, coming up next, we've got two goalless draws. Stay tuned. It's the start of lockdown two out there, listeners, so grab your curry verse, dust up your lederhosen and fire up the umpar band. Thank you. Because it's Oktoberfest and our friends at Beer52 want to celebrate the world's biggest beer festival by giving all Totally listeners a free case of eight German craft beers. All you have to do is head to beer52.com slash football and cover the cost of shipping, which is a mere £5.95. Beer 52, as you all know by now, are beer pioneers and they've visited the finest small batch breweries in Germany to bring you ABK, 6% Feistbier, Buro Brauereis, Weizen, Lemkes Spree Coast German IPA and many, many more. Most of these beers have never, ever been seen in the UK and with Brexit round the corner, well, it's unlikely you'll ever see them again. You can choose a light, dark or mixed case and the best thing with Beer 52 is that there's absolutely no minimum commitment. If you want, you can just take this free case, try the beers and if you decide it's not for you, you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. So head to beer52.com slash football and get your free case of eight craft beers today. That's the word beer and the number 52.com slash football. One last time, beer52.com slash football for Oktoberfest. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media and The Athletic. Ross County nil, Hibs nil on Saturday. 28 shots from Hibs. Jack Ross said he couldn't be too critical. Should he be critical? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they didn't score, so... (laughs) Yeah. Also, if they're serious about competing for Europe this season, is this not the sort of game that they should be winning? I mean, obviously, yes. They, I mean, and they also want to win the games. They didn't try to. And Boyle missed a couple of chances. The most obvious problem is when you clean through and go and, and kind of skewed it wide. But they've been playing really well, Hibs. They just aren't, you know, Ross County aren't a bad team. I think Hibs were the better side in this game. They had, they actually dominated them in the stats. But there's only one stat that matters. Yeah, I don't take your point on Ross County, to be fair. They haven't been that good. Only one, uh, no, one goal bad, in the last six games. They're an awful team. Yeah. They're not an awful team, but they, they're, they're a team that you know aren't going to get a lot of chances themselves. So you need to take them when they, I mean, you can say, I know you can say that about any game, um, but Hibs are full of attacking talent. Um, and to not go away with a win uh, when they've won four of the previous five away games um, against, against Ross County, they should, be, they should be winning this game. And for Jack Ross to say not, not to be too critical, I don't know. I, I think he's allowed to be if he wanted to be. Um, it's football. You meant, like, you can't win every game. No, like, I, I get that. I get yeah, that. But they were also coming up against 10 men, so you've got to take that into consideration as well. <clears throat> but then often, I mean, that can actually be harder to, especially if Ross County's whole idea is to not concede. If that's what they're trying to do is because they keep conceding goals, they're trying to... True. Like, and sometimes it's harder to, to, to play against 10 men. Obviously, it was Conor Randall who was showing the straight yeah, red card after. It's true, though, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, things <laughs> to look at, the underlying stats, if we go and look at that, like XG, Hibs pummeled him, is about 3.2 to 0.79 is what we've got from it, from my scout. So I can see why he's not being critical because they created the chances... They just didn't take them, so you can see they need to be more clinical. But how do you? You can't tell someone to be more clinical. It often comes with more confidence or a bit of luck here or there. Uh, I mean, Nisbet scored six goals already this season. Was he top scorer in the league? Something like that. They're not. They're not doing badly. They're allowed to have an off day. They didn't lose. 
We didn't lose. That's the important thing. Well, who else didn't lose? Dundee United and Aberdeen. Another nil-nil classic. The new firm, as they tried to brand it in the 90s, was it? Or was it before? It was the 80s. It was the 80s. 80s. Yeah. I, think it, I think it was during the, the European runs uh, for both sides. I remember it vaguely being a thing when I was growing up. The new firm, no one really cares, but they did get mentioned in that uh, Stan Free song, so it must have worked to some point. Anyway, uh, this game was all right. I thought Dundee United weren't very good at all. Aberdeen didn't have anything in the like to finish it off. I think Aber- Aberdeen should have won this as well. We say Hibs should have beaten Ross County. I think Aberdeen should have beaten Dundee United, but uh, just not clinical, like we're saying about Hibs, especially Scott Wright, who there's a real player in Scott Wright. Like he, I think he can be a real player. But he keeps not... He doesn't got that killer instinct. He keeps not finishing chances he should be finishing. It's happened quite a lot this season where he gets a good chance. There's one example, I think, when uh, it's normally Hedges that sets him up, but the ball lands with him on the left-hand side of the, of the box. He's right-footed, sets up to shoot, but he hits it, like, hip height, not even in the corner. It's far too easy. And you don't get chances like that very often. And I, I'm thinking whether Cosgrove will make a big difference, but I don't know. I mean, it should do, but he needs to create the chances, and they are, but it's different chances that Aberdeen are creating than the ones Cosgrove normally scores. That makes any sense whatsoever. I do like Scott Wright as well. I've I've always liked him, even when he was on loan at Dundee a few years ago. He always looked like the sh- the sharpest player on the on the field. Not every game, but I I did think when he went back to Aberdeen, he would be a you know a much better player playing with better players. Um, but if you cannot find the back of the net in his position, you're always going to be judged. And maybe he needs, you know, to be dropped back a little bit. Maybe he just no, needs to be I, I that creative so. player. I don't think so. I, no? the, the, the position he plays is very much like what Pollock was doing back in the day when he had a song. We discussed this before. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think what will happen with Scott Wright is he will start to score and it will just flow and it'll just suddenly everything falls into place. Um, I, I think... I don't know, it just happens sometimes, right? You're just in the zone and he's just not quite there and it'll be maybe a mental block and once he hits it, he knows everything he hits is going to go in it'll make a big difference. Like they look good, Aberdeen, they look fine. They're not producing an awful lot of uh, goals is the obvious one to say, but the attacking play, although it looks much much improved from what it was a while ago, the way they're, they're producing chances, I still think they could be creating more with the players that are there but I guess it's all built on being hard to beat in the first place which is how they've done so well in the past few years anyway So, Yeah so it's looking like Sam, Co- Sam Cosgrove will be back this week it's been reported so it's saying it could be as early as the midweek game against Hamilton Ackies could possibly be joined by Matty Kennedy uh, Mike Devlin and Greg Lee as well so very positive for Aberdeen I think um, I think this point on Saturday was really good for Dundee United, though. Um, mm-hmm. I think I it was a very well-earned point. For, you've got to remember where they are just now. I know they're they're classically like considered as the big team in the Premiership, but they're just newly promoted. They're still finding their feet. They've not got off to the strongest start. So to hold Aberdeen um, was very good. And I know it was backs against the wall for large parts of the game for them. They they did change it in the second half. They switched to 4-4-2, which helped them massively. Um, and yes, at times they were hanging on, but it worked. They, they, they benefited from Aberdeen not having a cutting edge. And Seacrest, again, was absolutely outstanding. He has been, I know I've said it before, but he's been a difference for United this season. In goals, he has been absolutely superb. Um, but outfield-wise, United just continue to be too limited. They're, they're playing it quite safe. They've not got much going forward. I think if this game had 
been played for three days, you might still not have seen a United goal by now. Um, <laughs> and that's where things need to change. That's where Mickey Mellon needs to really kind of up his game in that sense, kind of work on the outfield side of things. Well, still to come, BSC Glasgow lit up the Lowland League. But up next, the return of fantasy football. Worst thing about international breaks? No fantasy football Scotland! Unless you're me, who's doing an absolute nightmare job <laughs> since being top of the league. I'm <laughs> now, I think, almost joint bottom. Oh my God. But let's look at Game Week 11, which is still going on uh, with Aberdeen versus Hamilton on Tuesday night. Rangers have conceded just three goals in 11 games. So, Laura, I think you went and captain Tavernier, which I think you've done for the last 10 weeks or whatever. <laughs> yep, so it's day one of the season and I'm uh, not changing it anytime soon. <laughs> uh, clean sheet and assist for him. Tavernier's the first player to reach 100 points as well this season. Or 200 in my case. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I said it. What well, was it, week four or something? Captain Tavernier, you'll have, you'll be good at you. Do you right, good? Um, and I stick by it. I think that was um, some sound advice from from Laura six weeks ago. Yeah, I know. What is it? Yourself, JJ. You've even got Tavernier and Barisic at the back. Kieran Cannon's in the league. Finn Marks is in our totally Scottish football mini league as well. And a, a nineteen point haul for Connor Goldson as well. What? That would have been a good one to have in your team. Yeah, I had uh, Greg Kilty on my bench as well, which is annoying because he's got seven points at the weekend. Yeah, I, I Kilty. He was one of my positives for the weekend. Um, not COVID positive. Uh, he was one of my main guys, but I lucked out. I didn't luck out, in fact, because I still had Christie and Edward in my team. Why did I do that? <laughs> what an Somebody moment. forgot to check their team before the deadline. <laughs> I, my, do you know what my, my biggest failure this year is? I am in too many fantasy leagues. That is my problem. That is my problem. Well, I think we should look at players who uh, would interest the, the listeners. So uh, Aberdeen keep getting clean sheets. So it's having either the goalkeeper or one of the defenders. Considine, my favourite to go in there. Hoban's been doing really well as well. Kind of guaranteed them. They're a bit cheaper than some of the Rangers defenders. But Balogun, if he gets back in the team, is dead cheap. He's 2.4 uh, million. Mm. Whereas I think Josh Doig at Hibs, I think he's 2.6 now. He's doing, doing very well. A lot of people he's have had up, him. Yeah. Yeah, Alan Forrest, is, his price is starting to rise a little bit. I think Livy, he's doing well. Greg Kilty, I mean, just mentioned he's 2.8 million. He'll probably rise up soon. But then you've got to look at uh, who comes back for, for Celtic eventually. And um, it's Aberdeen versus Celtic, so maybe not the best time to pick an Aberdeen <laughs> defender there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, is there any uh, differentials you picked out that would make a difference this week? I mean, Alan Forrest is one that I have been looking at for a while to try and get into my team. I think he, he'd be a good one, but as you say, his price has gone up. There's Chris Burke as well. Um, four goals and two assists, I think he's got so far. So. Yeah, Burke's a great shout. Same uh, return as Ryan Kent this season. He's cheaper. Yeah, so that's that's decent. Good game there as well. Kelly Hibbs, um, that should be a good one. Um, I wouldn't recommend picking my little players because we don't play football anymore, so you're not going to get any points there. <laughs> and St Johnson are scoring for fun just now. <laughs> oh, yeah, but would you put Stevie May <laughs> Is it time for Stevie May? I don't well, think he's so. definitely on a run. See, <laughs> see if it was more than one transfer a week, I think I would. Um, but it's a big call for using up your one transfer. Um, I don't know. I'd maybe leave it another week to see how he gets on. See if it's just a flash in the pan sort of run from just now or if he's going to have some sort of consistency to it. Well, they're, they're at home in their next two league games against Dundee United and Kilmarnock. Um, and then after that, it's Motherwell, Laura. So... Maybe don't put a St. Johnson player on your team because you might celebrate <laughs> when, you're, when you're at the game. 
if I ever get to a game. <laughs> Let's get some odds now from Paddy Power, courtesy of producer Charlie. And I'm told, Charlie, you've got some big news. Indeed, bigger than Stephen Doby's Bobby, uh, because for the... <laughs> Come on, Charlie! <laughs> Because, big news, big news, because for the first time in the long and illustrious history of the Totally Scottish Football Show, and probably for the first time since 2011, Rangers are the favourites to win the Premiership title. Oh! They are odds on. always know. They are odds on with Paddy Power, 2-1. to one. Celtic, meanwhile, are now 13-10 second favourites. After that, you've got Hibs at 150 to one, and Aberdeen also at 150 to one, which JJ tells me is great value. <laughs> well, very interesting. That's the Premiership. What about the Europa League? Yep, uh, Rangers are going to win that too. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, Steven Gerrard's side reached the last 16 last season, which was technically this season. But Rangers are fifty to one to go all the way this time around. Celtic, meanwhile, are sixty to one, while their opponents on Thursday, Milan, are third favourites with Paddy Power to win the whole thing at eleven to one. Well, you can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only, T's and C's apply, and when the fun stops, stop. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Listen to it totally ad free via The Athletic. You saying it does just these through? Yes! And there is a sixth goal for BSE. Jill Leafon 4, BSE Glasgow 6. 10 goal thriller. We've talked about the biggest game in Glasgow. We've talked about the best game happening somewhere near Glasgow. But what about the best game? Involving a team from Glasgow That would have to be Vale of Leithen 4 BSC Glasgow 6 In the Lowland League We're joined now by Moza From the official Catch Up podcast A Scottish non-league podcast Moza, you were at the game on Saturday You've, You live streamed it for BSC Glasgow 6-4, what a game It was mental In the best possible way I absolutely loved it <laughs> But um, yeah, it was a, a cracking game It started off um, believe it or not, there was a few missed chances. <laughs> the start it could have been more. But um, for the first 20 minutes, BSC were on the front foot. And all of a sudden, Vale Leithen scored two goals out of nowhere. And that just seemed to kickstart both teams. Just defences were forgotten about. And it was glorious to watch. So uh, you're an ambassador for the club. Mm-hmm. But you also work for Football Manager. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I do a wee bit of research uh, on the side for the Football Manager games as well. Nice. What is it? Are you doing the the whole of the lower leagues, or what? Who do you scout for? It's the Lowland League as a whole that I do for them. So last year was the first year that we'd had kind of full squads properly in the game, um, and in future years we're obviously hoping to get the the leagues playable out the box. Um, for now I, I make a custom kind of add on for the game every year, but hopefully it'll give me less work in future. And how many uh, Tomaderas have you hidden in this year's database? <laughs> oh, there's uh, all sorts. I'm, I'm still trying to I work need, out. I need, I need names for the game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to say I'm biased, but BSC might have one or two uh, to keep an eye on. So I'll, uh, I'll keep it at that. <laughs> well, what about the league in general then? Uh, what's the 
what's the mood kind of been like? It's been quite uh, the league itself been a bit precarious in the past, I might say. Yeah, um, it's it's a really exciting league, but obviously with the conditions we're under, we're all under just now. It's um, was a wee bit in doubt how things would get started. I think now that we're underway, there's a real kind of collective determination to get the season finished and. There's loads of teams vying to get promoted as well. Um, this is potentially the best chance that a lot of sides will have because it's just getting stronger every year. So it's it's really exciting to watch if people get a chance to, to tune into live streams and so on. BSC have had quite the rise as well um, since being formed in 2014. You finished third last season. Obviously, you had the big game against Hibs recently as well. You're unbeaten in three so far. So do you think Glasgow could go all the way this year? Yeah, I mean, I interviewed the the gaffer after the first game, which we potentially were a wee bit lucky to get the three points from, but I think everyone struggled a wee bit getting going. Um, The first competitive game was such a long off-season. And he said he wouldn't be managing us if he didn't believe we could win the title. And we're by no means favourites, but we've got some real quality in the squad. Um, A lot of your boys have been kind of discarded from youth systems higher up, so... The likes of Ross Smith from Dundee United, those kind of players that have came in and really made made a, a place their own and would be a seeing that. I think that's the way we'll be in future and kind of giving young players that have got talent a chance. And it seems to be working well for us so far. Europa League! Big games coming up for Celtic and Rangers. But we'll start with Celtic against AC Milan on Thursday. Um, Milan are absolutely storming it in Italy. Top of the Serie A, four wins out of four. And Ibrahimovic, Zlatan, the man himself, is going to be in Glasgow. How exciting. Looking forward to it, anyone? I think it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a great one to open up the, the Europa League campaign as well. A good um, one for who, Laura? Celtic or Milan? <laughs> I was thinking more than neutrals. <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to tune into that one. Um, yeah, it'd be great to see Zlatan coming to Glasgow. Um, has he been here before? He has. He has played about 20 minutes, I think, when he was 19 for Ajax when Martin O'Neill's Celtic side knocked out Ajax in the Champions League qualifiers. This is back when he was a chat manager legend, a wonder kid. 19 years old. Well, he's he's done a lot with his career since then and he comes with a lot more experience this time around. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. AC Milan have got a great team, by the way. They're, oh. I don't think they're the real deal just yet, but they've got some really tidy players. Uh, and judging by how they got undone completely by Steven Gerrard's Rangers, I suspect this might be quite difficult. Just got a feeling. And I wonder if Laxalt can play against AC Milan. He cannot. Well, there you go. Sorry, I'm just looking at Zlatan's stats and he's 39 years old. I I cannot believe that. <laughs> he's, not, he's not old in years, but he's old in terms of footballer years. It's <laughs> quite sad that we're going to see the end of Zlatan one day quite soon. Yeah, true. But he'll go into like FIFA 21 Legends or something. So we'll see him there. <laughs> he won't leave football. His exactly. spirit never dies. Um, for Rangers, standard Liège for them. Uh, Liège are fourth in Belgium after nine games. The season started just a week after the Premiership. Um, so both teams, you know, fairly match fit going into this game. I don't really know much about standard Liège, if I'm honest. 
I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I know nothing, but I'm going to look at them right now and tell you exactly how good they are. Are they fairly standard? <laughs> They've only lost one, one game this season. That's, that's something that's an interesting point, saying that they started their season at the same time as us, because I think that our teams in Scotland were looking to kind of benefit from was going into the European, well, at least qualifiers anyway, and I know that was definitely from a motherwell perspective, was that they're fitter this season because they started the league games before the European qualifiers for a change. Um, so obviously things are a wee bit, people have caught up by now, teams have caught up. But yeah, the fact that Standard Leagues have started their season at the same time means that there's absolutely no advantage for Rangers in that sense, in terms of fitness. Yeah, but they have only lost one game this season. Um, been on a good run. Was it only four draws and one defeat in the league? Well, I don't recognise any of their players. I don't recognise any of their players from Football Manager or Pro Evo. So, <laughs> therefore, I can conclude comfortably that they're probably not amazing. <laughs> not even a wonder kid. Not even one of the ones you get on the FM Scout when you do that, you know? Wow. That's how you tell. Is it? If anyone, if anyone wonders how to become a football journalist, <laughs> <laughs> I may have given away one too many of my secrets here. <laughs> Listen, I know very well a few cool commentators that do a couple of games that are fairly random and they use FIFA as a gauge to be like, what are the stats on this guy? How What are they good at? And then they'll bring up that, oh, he's quick, this guy. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a bad idea. On, on Eurosport or whatever game it's going to be on. Quite funny. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it there. Thank you for listening. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, Laura. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you also to Ed and Mozra for joining us in the show, as well as producer Charlie, who makes us sound fantastic. We'll be back next week after Aberdeen Pump Celtic. We'll speak to you then. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter and Insta and be sure to check out our website, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Muddy Knees Media.